Holden, did you have a good Easter weekend? Yeah, it was nice. I didn't get any extra time off. First year of being in the workforce, and unfortunately, I'm I'm feeling it a bit. I really wish I could have either had a Friday or today off, but yeah, uh, that is one of the blessings of being a teacher. Is I did have a Friday and today off, so it was like okay, I actually get a break. Now I did work for a decent chunk of that, so but I mean, still, it's like I could be at home and I could choose when i was gonna work over the weekend so that was a nice part of that did you go home to lincoln arrow did you stay in sufu no i went home to lincoln um went home to lincoln two weekends in a row um but yeah uh, i don't know nothing too exciting happened there just kind of went back for saturday night and that was it just for saturday night no easter festivities on sunday I mean, yeah, I was there during the day, but I left that day. I didn't stay. You're not throwing elbows at Xander and Logan during an egg hunt on Sunday? No, we didn't didn't have an egg hunt. Well, so typically we have something at my grandparents' house, but my uh, grandpa was unfortunately sick um, this Easter, so uh, we we had to cancel that last minute, but we just kind of hung out at my place. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, Did you have a nice ham or anything? Yeah, honey baked ham. Ooh, yeah, the best type of baked ham. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. That's very nice, Holden. What'd you What'd you do, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, well, I, it was nice because Emily and I spent the morning and early afternoon with her family. Uh, went to an Easter service with them, and then had like a brunch with some bagels and egg bake and fruit and whatnot and then they have a tradition where they do this game called the they call it the egg roll not the chinese food but the act of rolling uh, easter easter eggs i do not like egg rolls uh egg rolls was an acquired taste for me i for a long time didn't it was probably only within the last couple years i started liking them uh tangent but i did i did retry an egg roll <laughs> determined to like it from uh high v chinese high chai as we say around here and you're still just, in the intro let's finish what you're gonna say about like holden this is the authenticity we bring to this podcast we want to know what our easter traditions are we're just like good pals it's like listening on a conversation between two good buddies that <laughs> another don't like each other outside <laughs> of this context uh yeah, exactly. anyway uh, this is uh, they do this competition. So they have this gutter uh, where they roll down hard boiled decorated eggs and they lay out depends on the year. Last year they only had laid out a few at the beginning, but this year they laid out like 11 eggs and it's like kind of like marbles. So if you roll the egg down the gutter, the goal is to hit another egg. And if you hit the egg, you can grab both and take them. And if you miss your egg is left out there and you start off with four eggs, whoever is the last one remaining with eggs wins and then they write their name on the gutter so this is like a hyped up annual tradition uh, and everybody keeps track of who is one it's an honor to be put your name on the gutter it was my first year participating and i got zero eggs i literally just (laughs) was a no show and then we played like (laughs) an just a second game for fun after determining the winner and i still did not get a single one so i got to be practicing for next year um because you're a newcomer jimmy i am yep uh and uh, then we went over to my parents' place uh, for the afternoon, got together with my uh, dad's side of the family. That was fun. There we go, Holden. Nice. We can move on. Awesome. Awesome.
Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Huthy. I've been working on my Mike Airman Trout impersonation from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So here it goes. Oh. Okay. No, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's pretty good, actually. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working. I'm workshopping it, Holden. I'm, 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 uh, I'm in out the season four of Breaking Bad now, so I'm, I'm heavy into some Mike stuff. So there, I'm there very we go. recent. I forgot a lot about the Mike stuff in Breaking Bad, including his fate, until randomly in discussion, my dad was like, hey, remember when this blank blank happens to Mike Armitrout in Breaking Bad? Like, no, I didn't, Dad. Thank you for re-spoiling <laughs> that for me. Um, I mean, to be fair to your dad, though, you had seen the show before, so it's not, I mean, he probably just assumed you remembered it. Yeah, but my dad, yeah. I mean, he does. He just remembers everything. I don't know how he does. Like, he remembers everything about every show. Maybe it's just because he doesn't watch as many shows. But I did not. I don't remember a lot of Breaking Bad. Looking forward to seeing it. Holden, we are recording this as Better Call Saul is playing. So, the sacrifices I make for this podcast. (laughs) I'm also still two episodes behind uh, on the fifth season. Rewatching. So, um so we're not really missing out on anything right now. no we're not but i maybe i would have prioritized a little bit more <laughs> if uh if i could have we could have recorded around it but no fault to you holden the working man like you said first year of working man we're getting long-winded in the intro and by <laughs> we i mean i say me back yeah, to you mostly holden. you uh we've got a great episode for you this week it, i mean we've had this long intro and we have a long episode we have moon knight episode three we have fantastic beasts uh the secrets of dumbledore that's the one uh and everything everywhere all at once we did end up seeing that movie so very exciting yeah let's dive in holden that one movie podcast first jimmy we've got to do the toms we got to actually be rapid fire this week Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Holden, are there any highly anticipated movie teaser trailers dropping this week? Why, yes, Jimmy. In fact, there is one for uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. It just dropped today. So, I mean, the benefit of us holding off on the podcast is that we get to, you get our reactions that much sooner. That's only something that we as a very disorganized podcast could bring you. Yes. Um, but what do you think of this trailer, Jimmy? It's very short. It's yeah. even for a teaser trailer. It's just over a minute, but. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really say anything about the story. Uh, I guess the one thing that kind of stood out to me is is that it seems like the Guardians are not really going to be in this. Yeah, it kind of seems like maybe they'll be in, like, the first act, maybe even less than that, and then they're going to, it's like Thor's going to move on and do his own thing. Yeah. Um, So I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess whatever serves the character Thor 
best is I guess the direction they need to go. Um, I trust mm-hmm. Taika Watiti to come up with the compelling idea and to execute it well. I mean, I had zero interest in the character Thor uh, until Thor Ragnarok when he single-handedly turned that character around, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm excited for this movie. I'm clearly, we are still in Doctor Strange mode, which, hold on, we need to get tickets for that. (laughs) Probably as soon as we quit recording. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, we got the two heavy hitters coming uh, within the next uh, few few months. So that is exciting. Otherwise, it looks Um, like, so there's a a Lady Thor at the end of the trailer. That's uh, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Oh, it was Natalie Portman. Yeah, because it's I th- I think she's, I mean I guess it's not confirmed if it's the same character she's played in the other Thor movies or not, but she's returning at least, and she's playing Lady Thor. Huh. Wow. That must have been a lot of money. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, so I guess is she going to be the love of Love and Thunder then? Because isn't having not seen either of the first two Thor movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, she's the love interest in those. Um, okay. And then in the third one, she's kind of written out because I think, I don't remember if Taika Waititi wanted her back, but they, I, I don't know, she's not there. And I thought she had previously said she didn't like working on the Thor movies, but hey, Marvel money is good money, so I guess she's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't deny that Marvel money, that Disney money. Yeah, we know all too well. What um, the mouse wants, the mouse gets. <laughs> um, but it looks like there's going to be Greek god stuff more. To, like, I knew Zeus was going to be in this. Uh, we okay, got, so that was Zeus. Because I was like, yeah. oh, I thought it was Zeus when I first watched it. But then I'm like, oh, well, Thor is the god of thunder. So Yeah. No, and he's played by Russell Crowe, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is great, Holden, because you know me, ancient history, Zeus. We just learned about the Greek gods and goddesses. We'd love to have them thrown in there. I'd love to say, hey, kids, go out and see Thor Ragnarok, you know, all this Thor, social Thor, Love and Thunder, stuff. not Ragnarok. Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm going to keep just saying that. I even said that before the pod when I was like, i got to rewatch the Ragnarok trailer. Whoopsie-daisy. Um, so, yeah, I mean... This is exciting. Uh, I I love to see some Zeus. I'm guessing he's going to be an a hole, probably because he usually is. Um, uh, is there going to be a love triangle <laughs> between Thor, Lady Thor, and Zeus? Maybe I don't know. Russell Crowe seems kind of old, but I don't know. I guess maybe. I'm just saying Zeus has his way with the ladies, and by That's have true. his way, I mean not good things. Yeah. <laughs> um. We didn't see any of Christian Bale in this trailer, though. I forgot. Who's he playing again? He, he's the villain. Uh, Gore the God Butcher, I guess. Hmm. I think that's his name. Maybe he just starts... That'd be great if he just starts killing all these gods. I mean, basically, just bring in all the gods of every ancient <laughs> place now. Because you got the Norse gods and Thor. You got the Greek gods coming to the Thor now. You got the Egyptian gods and Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Who else are we missing? Just bring in um, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus bring could be the, an adventure, right? Hindu gods. Hindu gods. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the Hindu god is basically one god that comes in different forms. So that's oh, cool. You could that. have uh, Bra- Brahma, Brahman. Yeah. The Hindu god. That would be really cool. Sure. Um, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All these modern religions that people practice. That would <laughs> definitely be a 
<laughs> culturally sensitive. Um, <laughs> so just in case people were wondering if we were being sarcastic or not. Um, yeah, I think it's just it, it's it'll be fun to see Zeus on screen for me as someone who teaches about Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That yeah. that was a long way of saying that. <laughs> Man, this this episode is not getting any shorter. I'm gonna give Thor: Love and Thunder trailer a uh, Brokaw. I will good. too. He's getting back into shape. Yeah. No more fat Thor. Looking good. Looking good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, unfortunately this week, uh, Gilbert Gottfried passed away. Um, who mm. uh, many know Gilbert Gottfried as uh, Iago from Aladdin, the parrot. He has a very very iconic voice. <laughs> Um, but he does a lot of voice acting. Uh, he was, uh, one of the ma- funny ones that I always like to think of, uh, with him is cyber chase. Did you ever watch cyber chase? No, I never did. Okay. He was one of the main characters in that, but he was on SNL somewhat. Uh, but he was, he was just this comedian that he was never like a huge star, but he popped up in a lot of things and he was always very funny. I, there were a lot of clips going around after he died of like, uh, various things he did, um, that I was like, oh, that is very funny. He was recently in Smiling Friends. I don't know if that was his final performance or not, but he had a he played God in Smiling Friends. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that uh, I'm not too familiar with his filmography, to be honest. I haven't seen Aladdin in a long time. Do you know like the voice though? I I would if I heard it. I'm sure. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it is it's probably one of the most iconic voices. It's it, very distinct. But uh, yeah, uh, how old was he? He was sixty-seven. That is too young, Holden. Yeah, it is opinion. too young. He apparently it had been a long battle. I I don't know if they've disclosed what illness it was, but it had been a long time coming. It seems, but still very sad. Um. So I will give his career a broka. Yeah, Brokaw for me as well. I'll give it Thomas two thumbs up, Brokaw. Wow. Good High praise for Gilbert <laughs> Godfrey. May you rest in peace, sir. Um, and then we have Fantastic Beast news. Um, this kind of will probably feed into our discussion a little bit later on. Uh, so without giving too much of our opinion away of the movie, um, Fantastic Beast 4, it was, it was confirmed this week that no script has currently been written. Uh, apparently WB is waiting to see this film's box office before deciding how and if they're continuing this series. <laughs> Um, here's an idea for Warner Bros. Why don't you have a magical baby deer decide whether or not you should make the next movie? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that seems just as logical as whatever they're doing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, you know, I could, will they end it? I mean, just think about pre-Fantastic Beast Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Hype is unreal. J.K. Rowling her reputation high reputation now Mm -hmm. think of we're three (laughs) movies into this series nobody cares (laughs) jk rowling's reputation is in the toilet half of the people in this cast are getting canceled they wrote out one of the main characters (laughs) (laughs) and this movie continue this franchise continues to trend towards a plot that has nothing to do with the main character yeah, exactly. 
This, yeah, uh, I guess I was about to say something more about this movie, but I, I will wait till the review. I mean, uh, honestly, I think this is wise on Warner Bros. part. I think they should either, you know, wrap this up in one more movie or just not do any more. I do not want two more of these. That's right. That's what I was thinking. Just make your final movie. Mm-hmm. Get it over with. Yeah, they um, clearly don't like <laughs> two and three could have just been combined into one movie and it, you still wouldn't have had enough for a plot for a movie. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even comment on that because I still do not remember anything that happened in the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show. To be honest, the, I don't remember, remember the first movie at all either. So, yikes. Yeah, um, the first one was all right more more fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore talk later uh my stances just make the last one call it call it quits yeah um brokaw for uh giving this a rethink yeah good on them brokaw bring in the magical baby deer (laughs) yeah that's something you'll get if you've seen the new movie. Um, but Morbius apparently has had the Speaking largest... Speaking of a great franchise, <laughs> up and coming. Morbius apparently has had the largest second weekend drop-off of any Marvel movie uh, ever. Apparently, I think it's a bit um, vague as to maybe it's not quite as much as Fant 4 stick from like 10 years ago or whenever that was. Um, but it dropped the box office dropped off 80% in the second weekend. That's massive for a <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was funny. Typically, I don't talk about box office things, but considering it's Morbius, I figured I'd bring it up yeah um yikes and to kind of close the loop on the fantastic beast thing it has the lowest <laughs> box office opening for the harry potter movies oh yeah yeah i was i meant to mention that 43 million domestically in the los estados unidos um yikes. morbius it's bad good that people are not going to it because it's a bad movie and they should not make any more of them yes broke yes. off broke off Okay, so Jimmy, we've talked in the past about how stacked Oppenheimer is. One of the biggest stacked cast of casts of next year. However, also shaping up to have one of the most stacked casts is Barbie, the Barbie <laughs> movie. <laughs> Which continually makes me more excited for it. So, uh, brand new casting news this week uh, for people being added. Uh, we have Michael Sarah, uh, Will Ferrell, Issa Rae, uh, who I'm not familiar with. I think she was in that hbo show i can't remember oh it starts with an i i can't even remember apparently it was so it was like a comedy or something uh and then the promising young woman director emerald fennel is going to also be acting in it apparently wow um but this is all following uh margot robbie ryan gosling who are in it um kate mckinnon america ferrera and simu liu who i didn't realize was cast in it i don't remember if i'd said that previously but yeah, all of them are in this movie that is going to be written and directed by the Marriage Story and Lady Bird folks. <laughs> yeah, Greta Gerwig, right? Yep, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach's helping write. So, got to be moving up the list of most anticipated, anticipated, <laughs> anticipated movies of twenty twenty three. I mean, what is happening? Like, yeah, <laughs> a Barbie movie. Like, I mean, I the, to me. I, I I mean I don't think it's 
obviously going to be the same, but this feels like a Lego movie situation where it's going to be a branded IP thing, but they're just going to go completely like creative with it. Do like uh, ha- like these this writing directing duo are going to have their own vision, and it's really probably just going to be Barbie and name only. Like Ryan Gosling's playing Ken. What is this movie going to be rated? I don't know. Because <laughs> I think all of both Greta and Noah's movies before have been R-rated. I can't... I, I guess I don't remember... Maybe Little Women wasn't. Little Women might have been PG-13. Probably was, now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it'd have to be, like, PG, right? I don't know. I I, I have movie. no idea. This movie is mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for it though, so I'm gonna give it a broca. Yeah, broca from me too. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, we have a writing uh, or a writer attached to the movie now. Uh, Takashi Dosher uh, is going to be writing the script. Uh, he seems to be fairly new. Uh, he only has one feature film to his uh, name, and it's a movie called Only. It's from 2019. It seems to kind of kind of mixed reviews on it, but honestly, it's hard to predict anything about this guy since he seems new. But yeah, that's who's attached. Uh, well, I mean, he has a story to work with, so I think yeah. again, I'm not sure how they're going to condense it down. But uh, we'll see. So I'll give him a Bergeron. Let him prove himself. Yeah, Bergeron. Yeah, I mean, this is a good uh, an adaptation of a of a good story like this. Good, good way to get going. I think. Um, <laughs> says Holden, who has not played the game. <laughs> well, from what I understand, my uh, I meant to mention last week, but last weekend my dad um. Platinum trophied it. Yeah, Scott, Scott Sutter. Platinum trophied it for the second time because he had he bought the PS5 or upgraded to the PS5 version. So he did that, played the expansion, and then apparently over the course of the last week he's replayed the game a third time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Scott uh shares my enthusiasm for that game. Yes, he really likes it. He sent it back up with me when I went home this weekend, so uh have to get around to it at some get point. Get around. Oh, I, let me just uh, better call Saul. Ghost of Tsushima. I'll get to him eventually. You sound like <laughs> me with Stranger Things, Holden. Well, I mean, I look. I am actively working towards Better Call Saul. I just am watching Breaking Bad first. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Ghost of Tsushima, and then we I already gave it a Bergeron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the only other piece of news I have is that Nicolas Cage uh, this week, he kind of did a Twitter, uh, I, I think he did both a Reddit AMA and like a Twitter AMA kind of thing, um, but he said that he'd love to make a Muppets movie. <laughs> and when posed a, by a question, um, there was a question that was like, let's remake the movie The Rock, um, but just recast everyone as like a... Uh, uh, as a Muppet, except for like Nick Cage. Um, and he said, Oh, yeah, I'd love to make a Muppets movie. I've always had a crush on Miss Piggy. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I'll go. You said Nick Cage? Yeah, Nick Cage. I'm going to go Bergeron on that one. Um, what do you think, Holden? I, I want to. I'd give it a Brokaw if you'd ever make a Muppets movie. I think that'd be really funny. I'd just love to see Nick Cage go like 
crazy just alongside some Muppets. Like, he he's the only human in a Muppet world, but he's somehow the craziest one. That'd be really funny, I think. <laughs> um, I did see a piece of news today. Did you see that Jason Momoa is apparently going to be in a Minecraft movie? Oh, yeah. I, that Yeah, I forgot to write that down after I was getting the notes together. Yeah. My man. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about Minecraft other than it's kind of like the Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft's fun. I mean, it, it's, it is wild that it's taken this long to get a Minecraft movie. Um, just beca- I mean, I, there's not really a story to work with, but I figured, you know, with how popular it's been, they would have fast-tracked this somehow. But Jason Momoa, I saw that apparently it's the Napoleon Dynamite director who's attached which hmm. i still have not seen napoleon dynamite really i just okay. missed that <laughs> movie that was a cultural phenomenon when we yeah. were young it's uh it's it's funny but i feel like you would hate it <laughs> you know me i hate a lot it's, of it, things it, it well it's it does not seem like your cup of tea but i could be wrong i could be oh, wrong. i don't like tea holden so yeah. hopefully it isn't Neither a cup of I. tea <laughs> That's one of my favorite Ted Lasso bits. Is he's just like tea is gross. I he's like I think you guys are just gaslighting me. Like, this is disgusting, and you all know it. Um, anywho, Jason yeah. Momoa in a Minecraft movie, uh, Bergeron, I guess. Yeah, Bergeron. All right, what Sounds should we good. review first? Hold on, Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. I feel like is the logical uh, first one to do. Let's do that. All right, memories all alone in. Let's review Moon Knight. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. <laughs> All right, Moon Knight, episode three, Jimmy. They're in Cairo, finally. Yes. Um, full spoilers for this episode, as usual. Um, but yeah, they're in Cairo adventures in cairo egypt what do you think of this episode jimmy i i honestly didn't really like this episode i thought it was a swing and a miss uh overall thoughts what do you what do you think holden even with all the gods jimmy yeah except the gods are just weird random people and i'm like who is talking like you said it once briefly I have the subtitles on. At least, like, say who it is in the subtitles. I had, I'm like, I don't know who that is talking, so it's not cool. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, true. we're going to see the gods. I can't wait to see Cyrus and Horus. And it's just, like, Anubis, you know, and it's just, like, a, <laughs> like a guy with glasses. I don't even think Osiris lady. and Anubis were there. It Osiris was, like, was there, I think. Horus was there. Um, Anubis, yeah. nowhere to be found. What's he doing? Hanging yeah. out in the underworld, I guess. Um... But yeah, I I mean, I liked certain aspects of this episode quite a bit. Uh, it is probably my least favorite one so far. I don't think it's a bad episode, um, but it's just kind of it's kind of middling for me. Um, I really liked the action sequences. In this I didn't one. really. I did not. I thought oh, they were I, just. I I don't know. I. It's weird to me that like Shang Chi is has great action sequences. Mm-hmm. I think everything else that Disney's putting out has like such it's not that I wouldn't say bad but just incredibly average. I oh. I just don't 
I did not like the way this this episode was shot. I, I hated the cinematography of this episode. It was a lot of shaky cam. It was a lot of just uninspired like shots of things. There were a couple good shots that you could clearly like, oh, they storyboarded for this. They had this concept in mind when they were going to make this episode. And those shots look nice. But it was just like a lot of weird, random, shaky cam. Hard to tell kind of what was happening. And especially with the action, I thought it didn't let it breathe at all. I liked the idea of doing hand-to-hand combat. But I just didn't think there was that much storytelling in the action. Kind of like the the complaints I had with the book of Boba Fett. I just thought it was very average. Oh, see, I, I like completely disagree. I really liked the action sequences in this one. Um, I mean, I honestly that the first one I thought was really awesome. I kind of hooked me um, for the rest of the episode, even though I wasn't in love with where the rest of the episode went. And then I did like when uh, Moon Knight showed up later and um, a, lot of, a lot of the choreography that was being shown off with that. Um, I mean, I don't think it's, it, it isn't shot the best. Um, I will agree. It's not like it's the best action I've ever seen, but I think overall the choreography is very good, which I think I was more focusing on that. Um, yeah. I just disagree. I mean, maybe it's just cause it's like, we saw everything everywhere all at once. And then we watched this and it's like, well, oh. I saw, I saw this first. Okay. Well, maybe that's why you like this and more cause I'm like. One of these is clearly better than the other. Um, I just, I don't know. I I just thought it was nothing to write home about and very forgettable. All right, Jimmy, agree to disagree, I guess. Okay. I will say <laughs> that, like, it, I, at least they didn't just film this in the, uh, uh, what's the volume or whatever they call the the 3d mandalorian screens that they're always using the leds yeah like, at least they didn't on location they actually went to a desert and it <laughs> looks good in that regard and like the city looks great wherever <laughs> they actually filmed that but i just the way it was shot i just it was like this is bad like i just thought multiple times i'm like this i don't like this the way they did this i don't think this was what the story needed i thought they were trying to add intensity that was not there through like camera shakes and it came off as very hokey and very outdated mid-2000s action movie to me see i'm usually hyper aware to that but i really didn't get that mid-2000s vibe from this um maybe it's more of a middle ground or something i but yeah i really didn't get the uh the Paul Greengrass, uh, <laughs> like shaky cam, born identity kind of thing. Um, it wasn't know. to that extent, but it was definitely closer to that than I personally like. And I thought Kate that fit the story. I thought it just was a mismatch. And I also just, I am getting, I am done with like the conflict between uh, Steven and mark i'm just like i is getting so tired for me like i just like get i'm like okay just can we just go forward with the story at this point i i I was just fatigued by this episode honestly i just was over it i just didn't Hmm. i honestly just did not enjoy this episode at all really i mean i i enjoyed the aspect of their conflict where we got 
like in the first two episodes we got a lot of like Steven like blanking out but this time we got like Mark blanking out I like the idea of that concept I'm just over their conflict with each other and them just like well I'm not gonna give the body back to you because you're just not gonna give it back even though clearly in the situation they need him to do it I'm just ready for them to be at a point where they're just like okay you're up and I'm up and Maybe that is yeah, a little I rushed. Mean, I just I, like I. I don't think there was enough that happened in this episode to warrant that conflict. Maybe that's what I mean. Like I wouldn't mind that conflict if things were actually progressing in the episode. But what actually happened in this episode? I mean, I just don't think that <sighs> expecting them to be on the same level this early in the series is like. No, I think that's fair. Like I, I, I'll, I'll rescind that. But I think my frustration then was that their character, like it didn't seem like we got that much progress with them character wise. And the plot itself didn't progress at all in this episode. Like literally nothing happened. I disagree. Like what changed? What changed? Well, I mean. They're still looking for his tomb. (laughs) Yes. I mean. That can be expected, though. It's not like they're going to find that in one episode. I mean, they... What? So, Conchu got turned into a little rock. That happened. Uh, they had the tribunal. Yeah. Um, but nothing happened at the tribunal. They're just like, well, don't have another one of these. Well, yeah. But, I mean, they're they're closer than they were because they have, like, the star... They, like, they looked at the star map and all of that. I mean, it's... I don't... I wasn't expecting them to get to like the tomb this episode. They are a step closer. But I'm saying like nothing actually happened in the plot other than I guess Conchu got turned into a little rock. That's the know. only thing that happened. I mean, I felt like it was I felt like the They plot went after was another fine. so they're like, "Oh, here's a MacGuffin, the scarab to help us find the tomb." Oh, well, now there's just another MacGuffin to help us find the tomb. Yeah. And the I mean, I don't know. Okay, I don't know didn't... how else they were gonna do it because I mean, Arthur has the scarab, so yeah. So follow him, and then they have conflict through that as they're going, and maybe they have the scarab and it takes them to this. Oh, and then from that place, oh, they actually need another thing, and I don't yeah. know. I just like it. It just like this. Nothing happened in this episode to me. Like if it, if you just need to get another MacGuffin to get closer to the thing, just cut out this episode. And, or condense this episode with another one. I don't think this right, episode Jimmy. warranted being a, a whole thing. All right, Jimmy. I mean, I, I honestly, I, the the plot progression didn't bother me at all in this episode. Um, I thought overall the performances were very good still. Um, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me is just that... Um, that Conchu seems like inconsistent as a character. I didn't, the tribunal, I, I keep calling it a tribunal, but there's more than one, there's more than three gods there. Um, but the whole, like that whole God meeting scene, um, it's just like, it's weird because like Conchu's acting out, which kind of makes sense. Cause he's kind of a jerk, whatever. But then like Mark is being kind of ir- like not reasonable when he's brought forth like i feel like he could just clearly prove that arthur is like um like you know doing something he's not supposed to do and it's that part was a little confusing for me and i think that was my biggest gripe um 
But overall, the rest of the episode for me is like, it's fine. It's either good to fine for me. Like, yeah, I don't know. It is. I it is the did worst not think out of it, the three. But. I did not think it warrant this episode. Episode warranted being existing, like existing. I think it just the only parts I really liked was the Mark blacking out, like you said. I liked the moment where in the same shot, Oscar Isaac flips between the characters when he's going to look at the stars. Thought that mm-hmm. was pretty impressive that he did that. I thought the combat was underwhelming i thought the story was stupid and didn't go anywhere entire tiresome and um what was i had another thing but now i'm blanking out just we didn't nothing like i said nothing really happened and oh the god the whole thing with the gods it's like if you're gonna have the egyptian gods have the egyptian gods like i i mean maybe that's the way they do it in the comics but it's like oh we're going to go yeah. see all the Egyptian gods. And then it's just a bunch of random people we've never seen before. And they say their names once. And you're like, and then they start talking. You're like, okay, well, who is this person again? And then they're like, well, don't, don't do anything again. Cause we'll, we'll put you in the little stone guy. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do agree with that. I think we will see more of the other gods as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like, uh, yeah i don't know i think the show keeps like throwing more mysteries out rather than progressing towards a satisfying conclusion and maybe it will all land and i just will put my foot in my mouth and be completely wrong about everything but i'd like to be building towards something rather than still opening you know cans of worms you know I don't know I mean for me it's the first it's still the first half of the series so I I don't mind that they're still coming up with things for like the last three episodes to solve and put to rest so okay I think I I just think there's been too many like mystery boxes for lack of a better word you know what I'm saying like for a six episode series I think they've opened up too many things to actually have a satisfying conclusion but we'll see like now there's like well what happened between you and my dad you probably killed my dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) and um yeah so yeah i don't know i i i still think it it will land i think um i mean yes worst episode so far i still think it's it's a decent episode um i looking forward to what happens next three episodes left to wrap up everything i think is very doable honestly um, I, th- I don't I think there's the, too much i also what? thought the music was the worst in this episode like i thought it was just like hokey at times or just uh, I, I guess i didn't really over it. like too much like during the action sequences i don't know this this episode clearly just did not land for me at all yeah yeah but, uh I wonder, I, I'm kind of wondering if this is the episode um, that, I mean, it's, it's not like the show is getting bad reviews, but it's kind of it, like, 
it's only just above a 60 on Metacritic or something, and it, that was just because, you know, the critics only got the first four episodes or something. I know that it, reading briefly into some of their reviews, they said that, like, one or two of the episodes were kind of a little bit lackluster, so I wonder if this is the one they're referring to, so we'll see. Four um, out of ten. I thought this was not very good. Uh, I'm going to go... Six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half. I'm con- I'm content with that. Uh we'll see. Hopefully Same. I uh, enjoyed the next episode. But uh agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, I guess. What um, next? I don't know. Which one should we hit? What should we hit next? <laughs> uh let's do Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Fantastic Beasts, the secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> uh okay so we this week i stayed an extra night in sioux falls to see this movie with you jimmy (laughs) i could have gone home to lincoln friday night but i said i decided to stay here watch fantastic beast so then we wouldn't have to watch it alone um i don't know if i would have been able to do it alone (laughs) This is the uh, third film in the Fantastic Beasts like spinoff series. Uh, it's a spinoff of the Harry Potter series set yeah. in the Wizarding World. Larger. Yeah, I got the I got the synopsis, Holden. Because okay, let's be ahead. honest, we don't remember what happened in this movie. <laughs> uh, in an effort to thwart Grindelwald's Grindelwald's plan of raising pure-blood wizards to rule over all non-magical beings. Albus Dumbledore enlists his former student, Newt Scamander, for whatever reason, uh, I added that, who agrees to help, (laughs) unaware of the dangers that lie ahead. Lines are drawn as love and loyalty are tested, even among the truest friends and family, who you do not remember, in an increasingly divided wizarding world. Man, I mean, that's increasingly divided wizarding world is is what i would almost describe the fan base at this point <laughs> like you are, have some are people, we divided i think it's just people like this is bad maybe yeah maybe it's just apathy i i mean it uh, you still have people that are hardcore into this you know cinematic universe thing they love everything harry potter they'll go see anything but as you said even your fiance didn't want to go see this movie and she's a big harry potter fan massive yeah so um yeah i guess maybe it is becoming more and more people just don't care um but yeah um jimmy and i we both saw crimes of grindelwald which is the second one um and it is it was the most boring movie i've ever seen in theaters um (laughs) just truly hard to sit through and we went and saw the green knight like that was boring wait i think i just i read the thing to um (laughs) i read the synopsis for i think the second one not even the third one Oh well, wait, whatever. Wait, really? <laughs> I think Are I you did. Kidding me? <laughs> it, it could have been the same <laughs> we thing. The funny thing, Holden, is we didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> that just go. That just goes to show how little happens in these movies. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like these two movies share so like they have so little plot that it wouldn't even make up for like a satisfying single movie. 
right, nothing happens in these. <laughs> let's um, the try second that one. again. Okay, <laughs> Professor Albus Dumbledore's knows the powerful dark wizard Gellert Grindelwald is moving to seize control of the wizarding world. <laughs> Unable to stop him alone, he entrusts magizoologist Newt Scamander to lead an intrepid team of witches and wizards. Again, why Newt Scamander? Who knows? They <laughs> That's soon, also uh, part of the synopsis. They, <laughs> they soon encounter an array of old and new beasts as they clash with Grindelwald's growing legion of followers. Isn't that literally that's probably just the, the same funniest. synopsis? <laughs> that's probably the funniest thing that's ever just happened candidly on this podcast that I read the synopsis to a movie and neither of us noticed that it was not the correct movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just. Uh, okay, so I will say this movie was not as boring as the last one which is very it's it's very faint praise i mean like that like i said most boring movie i've ever seen is the second one i had to well, get wait. up le- okay so i mean but we both went in and we were like okay i'm we're both gonna get large sodas <laughs> and i'm gonna get a big popcorn because otherwise i'm falling asleep i had loaded True. up on caffeine that day so maybe that's skewed we didn't have that perception going into the second one that's true this is true um it, I mean, the thing I will say, I felt like this movie was paced relatively well, despite nothing happening, Like, which is a weird thing to say. But like this movie is almost two and a half hours long. And to me, it did not feel like that. I don't. Did you feel the same way or did you feel? Yeah. The same? Well, yeah, no, I would say it still is too long. But it's not as like, oh, my God, I need to get out of this room immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought the second one was fine. I think you definitely didn't like it more than me. Now, with that being said, I do not remember anything that happens. (laughs) Yeah, the day we went and saw. So Friday, I like I was at work and I was just kind of doing whatever. And so I listened to uh, or I kind of watched this review that went in depth about the movie. Um just to kind of remind myself of what happened and like all of the bad things that were in it. And so I kind of went in revitalized knowing a lot of what happened, but still probably forgot a lot by the time we actually went to the movie that night. Um, like, uh, Newt's commander as a brother, totally forgot that mm-hmm. one of the main characters goes to the other side. I'm like, yeah, that did happen in the last movie. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there there is this one scene in this. Uh, it's not really, it's not a spoiler, but th- this one character, this one new character that's introduced, goes to Jacob, um, who's the like Muggle who's kind of been in all of these movies. Um, and when he's reintroduced, this this wizard character goes up to him <laughs> and literally just spouts the entire st- like pl- like his entire character arc so far like it's like oh you were a you know muggle who just happened to be wrong place wrong time and then you met and you fell in love with this this witch and it just went through the entire last two movies everything that he did and jimmy just like oh thanks for that needed that i did i was like i would have been (laughs) lost without that puppy it's like uh, if I hadn't read reread the synopsis of Macbeth before watching Tragedy of Macbeth, that would have been a lost cause. Um, boy, this we're not going to compare the writing of this to the writing of Macbeth, though. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, boy, there's a lot of stupid stuff in this movie, Holden, isn't there? Um, yeah. The I have no sense for what is actually happening in the wizarding world. Like, apparently, I guess I I assumed it was like in the 1930s, but apparently this is the late 1920s. Yeah, because it's um. Because like they they the last movie had that really funny bit where Grindelwald's like I'm gonna stop World War Two. He doesn't say that exactly, but he's he basically says that. Um, and I can't remember what else is like what else hap- is happening that signifies it's the twenties. I don't know, but I'll I didn't know until after the the movie when I found out like. Well, it just seems like it's the twenties because it's like Grindelwald seems like a fascist Nazi kind of guy, mm-hmm. but it's before that, and so like, I don't know. Uh, one of my problems with this movie is that like the the hordes of people who are just constantly like cheering or protesting, I I don't know what they're saying. Like, are they cheering <laughs> for the like? They just seem to be ambiguously changing their mind and being passionate about yeah drastically different things. Like immediately well, after things happen, so like they'll all be cheering for like this one lady, and then all of a sudden they're all cheering for Grindelwald, even though he's a fascist Nazi guy <laughs> who wants to murder everybody. I'm like, well, what? that seems like a shift. Yeah, and I mean this, despite you know having, jeez, ten Harry like <laughs> Wizarding World movies prior to this, I hadn't even thought about that. Despite having ten movies prior to this one, this introduces and has just so many random elements in the Wizarding World that we weren't aware of before, and it does not properly explain, um, which that kind of feeds into. I mean, there's like a whole, without getting into spoilers, there's kind of a whole election aspect to this, and when people are like voting, I didn't understand like what they were voting for <laughs> like they were just kind of shooting vague magic spells up into the sky well, I'm, I'm like, like what it- <laughs> i'm like is that is that how they're voting is that how it's yeah. counted or is that just like the equivalent of holding up a sign at a rally like i i wasn't sure like i didn't know for sure if that's was them actually voting or not. yeah so it was very confusing and apparently there's like an international ministry of magic kind of thing when they just elect like a king of the wizards <laughs> like that's not his actual name but they just elect like a, a top official that rules over all international wizard affairs which, which is, is just not a an, not a thing in the normal yeah. harry potter series so i guess that yeah you'd think point. that like a you'd think a thing like voldemort you know maybe you might get some international attention but you never hear anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, weird. Um, yeah, it's just weird because it seems like it's like the mid-1920s, but everybody's already a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> even, the not, even though the Nazis really weren't a big power yet. So, well, And it and takes place in Germany a lot Yeah, that's... It. That's what I was going to say, as if the Nazi parallels aren't obvious enough, you literally, like, half of this movie is just set in Germany, and the Germans are, like, bad in this, so, <laughs> yeah. And then they, um, like, try to assassinate each other, or whatever, or, like, there's, like, these assassination plots, 
It's like, well, if it was an actual assassination plot, why wouldn't you just have a gun? <laughs> like, why would it be some convoluted wizarding thing? Why wouldn't it literally just, just be a gun <laughs> or a bomb? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like wizards can't use those things. Like, wizards have defenses against other spells. Why not just use a bomb? <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm hoping World War II actually, like, the wizards are a huge part of World War II and they just like erase everybody's memories and that this huge muggle war actually happens. They just wipe of, everybody's memories of it. One of the things I don't understand, and I okay, I do get that Grindelwald's supposed to be like this fascist parallel, but he's literally trying to stop World War II from happening. That's like one of his big goals. And sure, his means about going about it aren't the best, but I can't help but like, view it as like the uh as like newt and his crew are like actively trying to make all of those <laughs> atrocities happen like, well i mean i guess his main goal is not necessarily stopping world war ii it's like, yeah everybody who's not magical should sure. die yeah it's like the whole eugenics sort of idea yeah and i i guess world war ii is just one of his excuses for doing that because he's like look at the horrors these people will make now, granted, I am going to kill everybody, but these people won't be able to kill each other. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, there is a point in this movie that about an hour into this movie where literally someone says, well, we're right back to where we started. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's almost like you didn't need the first hour of the movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, There's okay. The biggest another big problem with this movie is that nobody remembers who any of these characters are. No. And then they introduce new characters, I guess. Yeah, constantly. I mean, like, okay, I remember Newt, I guess, because he's the main character of the last two movies. He's, you know, he likes beasts, hence the namesake of the series. Okay, I get him. Everyone else, though, like, I vaguely remember them being in there. I guess I remember well, I Jacob remember the, as... Yeah, the muggle ja- guy. Yeah, Jacob's the muggle guy. But everyone else is just, like, I vaguely remember their face, and that's about it. Like, they're all just so forgettable. And this, the gaps between... The last one and this one, three and a half years. Like I, I don't know how I'm expected to remember all of these people, and then they keep just reintroducing, like introducing new characters too. I I was struggling to remember if this like if characters were new or if they were recurring characters. Like I honestly didn't know for some of them. Like the one guy who's with, who's like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna betray Grindelwald the whole time? Yeah, was he karma? Was he in the second movie? Yes, and he is absolutely the most useless character in that movie. Like, (laughs) that movie, I just remember walking out of it, and I feel like maybe, like, you and I had talked about, like, who was that guy? Like, he was just in this movie, had no point. And I think, like, (laughs) like, a day after it, we had forgotten he was in it. Um, But, yeah, and then he's just in this movie and you're supposed he's supposed to be like this slow like they respect him he's like kind of a cool wizard or whatever and just who cares and his point in this movie he has no point in this movie like his his whole thing that he does i don't i guess i don't know if it's i should get into it too much but it ends up being like completely pointless 
I don't even uh, remember what he does, honestly. I honestly don't think he does anything, uh, aside <laughs> from, like, <laughs> he goes off, he's, like, assigned to go do something, I think, and then his morals are questioned, but then it turns out to be not for anything. I don't remember. Yeah. And I just exactly. saw that movie. <laughs> um, I guess the only aspect of this I like is that they are exploring more of the wizarding world and they're going to different places and that mm-hmm. could be interesting. But again, canonically, it's like, okay, what is happening? Why is this movie not taking place in the thirties? Um, like <laughs> the explore kind of Dumbledore being just like, not a good person in the past but it's like well he's a good he's a good guy now so (laughs) it's all right even though he's still like not a great guy during the harry potter series so yeah the the way this movie ends makes him seem like he's just like the best person (laughs) which is kind of contradictory yeah um for a movie that explores how bad of a person he is Mm -hmm. um but he tries to be his best, and that's all that matters, right? Um, yeah, obviously. As long as you try your best, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you've started a course to go to a, to inflict genocide <laughs> on billions of people. Um, um, Mads Mikkelsen was... Uh, he was good, but the character was just, like, underwhelming. I think Grindelwald is just such a like nothing villain Uh, like even this movie which teases hints at exploring his past with Dumbledore it doesn't really like it's more so Dumbledore reminiscing but in like Grindelwald hardly has any sort of say in it I I don't know it's he's such a two-dimensional or one-dimensional villain it's like Mm -hmm. oh I just want more power so I can kill everybody that's my plan and I guess I, I I should technically wait for this criticism for spoilers, so I'll wait on that. Um, but yeah, he he is just. I mean, I mean Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen, I think, does a better job than Johnny Depp. Uh, but that's just because I think Mads Mikkelsen is a better actor than Johnny Depp. Um, but it's still he has like nothing to work with. No, and it, I mean, like, at least in the last one, they tried to give him, like, a reason for why, like, oh, I'm going to stop World War II. But in this one, it's just, like, they don't explore why he's doing anything. It's just that, yeah. well, we, no, we need to destroy all the people who are not magical because they don't deserve to exist. And, like, in the, at least, like, the seventh book, it's all, like, this for the greater good and stuff. And, like, they could at least try to d- dive into that mindset of why he would be convinced that he was a good guy but it's like it's not even like they tried to make him appear to be a good guy in his own uh from his own perspective it's just like no i'm evil and i want to kill everybody and i want more power Mm -hmm. and everybody's just corrupt and nobody will just stand and do the right thing except newt's commander and his his friends that dumbledore is like yep i trust you guys with saving the world I mean, overall, I think the cast does a pretty good job performance-wise. Um, it, it it makes me feel sad because I feel like these actors do like enjoy doing this, but I like I don't know why, and I like it's just like I don't think anyone cares about it. Like, I think Eddie Redmayne does a good job. I yeah. think Jude Law does well. Like, 
I feel like these actors like playing these roles, so it kind of hurts me a bit to think that this might be the end for them, but, I mean, what can you do, I guess? This, it's just, no one cares, and rightfully so. <laughs> you could have J.K. Rowling write the story and someone else write the script, which yeah. I think they maybe tried to do with this one. Well, that's honestly what you should do, because she is clearly just making stuff up at this point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess the, okay. The one performance, I don't know if, if I was totally sold on was like the one new character who was like the charms lady. Oh, I thought she was bad. Like I yeah. just straight up thought like, ah, I'm doing the old like 1920s gal lady, you know, like, Oh, why don't you stop in and buy a new radio? These fancy radios are like the finest thing. Yeah. Buddy. Right. Am I right? You yeah, know, like it, it was so cartoonish and overplayed. It did not fit with anyone else. Like in this movie, no one else is playing it up that much. So it just like, it didn't work. <laughs> I like it. I, it would buy, it would distracted me how mm-hmm. over the top it was. Yeah. And, and that could easily just be the direction she was given by David Yates, I just like I thought that was the wrong choice because mm-hmm. it stood out like a sore thumb. But like I said, I thought everybody else really did a nice job with their role. I mean, uh, the actor who plays Jacob, it, like I think he nails it. And like yeah. you said, Eddie Redmayne it sells Newt Scamander. Jude Law is great, charismatic as a young Dumbledore. Mads Mikkelsen has everything you need for like this maniacal lead like fascist guy like what more could you want from an actor and it's just like mm-hmm. all the ingredients are there <laughs> and it's just like oh let's let's have a magical deer decide who should be the, the the leader of everybody yeah and um one thing i also want to add about jude law it, this was kind of pointed out when i rewatched that thing about crimes of grindelwald is he does a great he like he really sells like being a younger version of the Michael Gambon version of Dumbledore. Like the way a lot of the way he like just says words and like moves around and acts like it, it, it doesn't feel like the old man Dumbledore from the first two movies, but it definitely feels like the ones from the, from the later movies. So I think Jude law making it his own while also keeping it true. Very good job. Yeah. I don't know. Should we just move on to spoilers? For the sake of time here, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. What do you want to rate this movie? Oh, you know, it wasn't awful. Like I didn't hate myself watching this movie. It's just boring. I I think that's it's not long, but it's boring because nothing happens, and I think that's the biggest crime it commits. Honestly, the biggest crime of Grindelwald is that it's boring. <laughs> The biggest secret of Dumbledore is that it's boring. <laughs> also, what was the secret of Dumbledore? <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> oh, and Ezra Miller's in this too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I guess. I mean, there's like one sequence that's pretty fun that our theater was pretty into also why were so many people at our screening (laughs) we had like a full house like yeah it was was busy i was not anticipating that i will okay adding on um overall uh, i mean there is one particular fun scene but the wizard duels in this i think are among the better ones like any of these series have had um not that the wizard duels are ever particularly like 
visually engaging but i just thought like these were choreographed a bit better like films shot just a little bit more interestingly and had a bit more going going on mm, not the i mean the best one is the order of the phoenix okay uh, dumbledore I, yeah, and I voldemort and it's not better than all of them but yeah dumbledore versus voldemort is the best it's been but i think aside from that the series isn't the best with that because it's kind of just just like sometimes shaky cam there's like some in some of the later harry potter movies there's some shaky cam too yeah i don't know i i it, it's all just like vague shooting different colors at each other and nobody's <laughs> saying anything so i don't know there's some like yeah like you said there's some good sequences i think it's fairly like well directed yeah, I mean, David Yates knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously, he's been on this series since Order of the Phoenix. Um, just need better writing. It is the uh, biggest crime of this movie. The the biggest crime of this movie. The biggest secret of Dumbledore. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would say the score too by uh, James Newton Howard is pretty good. There's a lot more of like the OG Harry Potter music in this than any other. Yeah, I know we keep saying we're going to go to our rating. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not too fond of all the old Harry Potter callbacks in this one. It just felt kind of pandering and oh, almost absolutely. desperate at times. Like, oh, please come watch our movie. <laughs> like, don't let this one fail. And no, Professor McGonagall is in it for no reason. Yeah. And you don't know that until they're like, thanks, Minerva. Yeah. McGonagall. <laughs> Looks at the camera. Um, five out of ten. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna probably sit at a four for me. Wow. All right, hold on, let's talk about spoilers. Yeah, so spoilers for this. Um, one of the points I wanted to bring up, uh, but I, cop- I, I <laughs> figured it's technically a spoiler, is that th- one of the biggest problems with each of these movies compared to Harry Potter is that the villain is like in the same spot at the end of every single movie. There is no growing threat, despite what the, <laughs> the synopsis you read would uh, have you uh, believe. It just feels like Grindelwald is constantly at the same place, um, and which is not something you can say about Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter, Voldemort's presence is felt more and more throughout the series. I mean, the ending of Goblet of Fire is like is really, truly a turning point for the series, and is where you you know it gets really bad then. But it just like overall you constantly feel it get worse and worse and here it just it feels the same all the time (laughs) yeah it's like they should have just this is the movie they should have skipped since he Mm -hmm. ultimately didn't get power at the end because they oh no the the magical baby deer that picks the best guy that was he was dead um so it shouldn't have actually picked grindelwald so he doesn't end up being the president of everybody at the end Mm-hmm. He just jumps off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You are not my enemies," or whatever he says. Um, yeah, it's like it's almost like they should have just gone to the next movie when he just goes off the deep end. 
uh, instead of doing this whole thing where, like you said, nothing changed. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if anything, I mean, it's like he got weaker because he lost some like key people to his group. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's a growing threat. Um, I guess the ambiguous hordes of people are cheering for him more. I guess. Remember yeah. when they just release him for no reason? They're like, y- you know what? The crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> there are no crimes. You're free. <laughs> and you know what? Why don't you just, you can also just run for president now. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I get that, like, the German wizards are, like, corrupt or whatever for that, but you'd still have all of these people that can't possibly go along with that. Like, everyone, I mean... I hate to use the word, but everyone, all the wizards in this are just like sheeple, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> they, just, they literally just go with what's put in front of them. It is, it is, I mean, it's not even like propaganda or anything trying to convince them of something. They are literally just so easily convinced. It's, it's bizarre. They He's all like seem like crowd idiots. surfing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah they don't. Yeah, it's not like he gives like some big speech and they're like, yeah. He's just like, nah, I guess what? Now I can run for election. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, if we want to be really democratic about it, we better just let him run. He'll never win. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, obviously. Better let the, the just former criminal run. That's a good idea. And then and then the and then for no reason they're like you know what we used to have a magical baby deer pick the the president of everything but we've been doing elections for a long time but you know what? let's just bring back the tradition let's just, just bring it back let's not i don't we don't have to go to the magical supreme court or anything let's we see just i bring it back on a whim let's see okay so grindelwald kills the deer uh, which i guess i that that deer was so poorly explained to the plot. Like, I didn't understand that, okay, apparently if there's more than one alive or something, like, there's, like, a conflict or something, it, it didn't make any sense to me that, you know, having okay. more than... here. here's the deal, Holden. Okay. So, here's the, one problem with the deer is that it has two functions. Yeah. The first function, from what I gather, is if it bleeds, you can see the future in its blood. And that okay. is how they first explain the deer. So I'm like, oh, well, Grindelwald is just going to be able to see the future a little bit. That's why he killed this fantastic beast. And that's why it's sad. But then halfway through, they're just like, well, it also can just show who's pure of heart. And that's how <laughs> elections are decided. I'm like, wait, what? And so the reason why Grindelwald is so concerned that there is another deer is that that deer can actually show who's pure of heart. Well, his intentions are to reanimate this dead deer and yeah. have it have it just pick him. But if there's another deer that's actually going to disprove that deer, then that is not uh, in his interest. So that is why he's like, well, we got to get rid of that second baby deer. And he was so mad at uh, Ezra Miller uh, because he's like, you didn't tell me there was a second deer. I guess my problem with that, though, is that he, so <laughs> he clearly has, like, the public's favor for whatever reason. Like, everyone seems to love him. Even if, like, Newt came forward with this other deer, like, why would they believe Newt and, like, that other deer over 
his. He even's like, oh, it's not real. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's very convenient for the plot that the the dead deer just dies again randomly, <laughs> like at the, in the climax of the film. Because otherwise, I just think there would be a lot more. Like, I don't know. It'd, it'd be there'd be more of a conflict there. They're like, well, no, that deer's the real one, and then it just dies. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't know. It. <laughs> and if he could reanimate it, why couldn't Dumbledore just reanimate that one? Yeah. Yeah. I don't and, know. And I if you're already that popular, thing. if you're what? already that popular, apparently, why don't you just get elected? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, well, they didn't make it clear so about how popular he actually was. That was a it, big problem. You know what, Jimmy? Maybe it's all a commentary about you know the the deer is the electoral vote and the uh, the people are the popular vote. <laughs> it's all a it's all a commentary. <laughs> yes, from a British lady. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> critiquing uh, the American presidential election processes. We see um, you, J.K. Rowling. Um, yes. I, uh, t- to be honest, I forgot that they had written out one of the main characters of the other movies until they showed her, and I'm like, oh, she looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's in this. Yeah, she. I feel like she had a reduced role in the last one. I don't know if like they just didn't have any use for her character anymore, or as I joked it with you after the movie, if her agent just got wiser to it. Like, well, I I also heard that she critiqued J.K. Rowling's viewpoints, so uh, I don't know if if one of those parties didn't want to associate with the other anymore or both or I don't know. Well, I know, I know Eddie Redmayne has come out against what she's said before too, but he's obviously still the main character. I don't know. Maybe JK can't like write him out in any reasonable way. Um, Um, but, but, uh, (laughs) one, one of the other things I wanted to, I should have mentioned this in non-spoilers, is one of the biggest plot points of this is that literally no one knows what's going on, like, at any point. <laughs> like, <laughs> is, you have these characters that are aimlessly going about doing these things that they don't really understand, and so then, of course, by extension, we as a viewer are like, what is happening? Like, why Why are you guys doing this? It just seems, like, very lazy, <laughs> well, I was a, an idea, a unique idea that they had to, to be unpredict, like predictably unpredictable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore is like, "Here's this scarf. What's it gonna, or this t- necktie? You'll know what it's for when you need it or whatever." And then it's like a port key or whatever. And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> um, look, there's one good sequence in this movie, and it's when he's dancing with all the little, the little uh, scorpion guys. Yeah, that was pretty good. And very gruesome too holy smokes just dismembered bodies i'm like wow i was not expecting that from this movie yeah no that that whole sequence is by far probably the most memorable part of the movie um it this i, I mean this movie did a better job of incorporating newt into the plot i mean it's still not it still doesn't make the most sense why he's like dumbledore's right hand man but at least you know you have the deer and then you have the the scene with the little scorpion things like he has use so that's yeah. good there is no reason for jacob to be in this movie <laughs> no they keep like they keep saying that oh you know he's so good and important and i mean he's really not <laughs> like <laughs> i mean yeah he's funny to have around but 
he just seems like a liability more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then Dumbledore's like, you got to go tell the guy who's not the president of everybody, but the guy overseeing the election, I guess, that he's got to do what's right and not what's easy. I'm like, why couldn't you just do that? <laughs> he's like, well, no, well, I got to teach class. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe maybe it's like Grindelwald because they're supposed to be doing unpredictable things. So Newt's doing it because but he doesn't know why he's doing it. So it's maybe that's why. Maybe. I don't know. I don't and know. if Dumbledore had went, he'd know his intentions. We haven't even talked about the thing that Dumbledore can't go against Grindelwald because that thing will choke him. But then it just stops doing that all of a sudden in the last yeah. part for no well, reason. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, those rules are so vague, like. He, like, blocks a spell, and then that breaks it? He's like, I'm gonna save, who is he saving? Is it Ezra Miller? Oh, it's Ezra Miller, because I'm like, well, they should have just edited that out, and he just, Ezra Miller just dies. (laughs) Well, and, um, I didn't really, that didn't really make sense. I, like, I enjoy kind of the plot point that he's able to work against Grindelwald by basically just indirectly working against Grindelwald. Like, okay, I can, I can buy that. Um, it feels a lot more direct in this movie, but whatever. But yeah, him blocking the spell at the end, that feels like a weird loophole that that spell just like, I guess he wasn't technically shooting it at Grindelwald and Grindelwald wasn't shooting it at him. So just the fact that they met in the middle and then it's broken, I guess it's so, I don't get why it's broken. Maybe he can just block it, but why does that break it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And also Dumbledore being the most pure of heart doesn't make any (laughs) sense. Why is it not Eddie Redmayne? He literally has not done anything evil. yeah, Eddie. Re- he is like the most. He literally only cares about like the animals and stuff. And I mean, he's not great with people, but he doesn't really look ill, Ill like upon anyone. So I don't know. And then Eddie Redmayne's like little sidekick lady gets all the the briefcases, and it's like the seventh Harry Potter movie where it's like the seven Potters, except there's the different briefcases. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> And then they all just get caught. And then somehow she just makes it through everybody and nobody notices. Yeah, they're all not very good at avoiding these people. <laughs> it's, it was pretty funny. But yeah, somehow she gets through. Um, yeah. Oh, did yeah, I mentioned it during non-spoilers, but Karma, that guy, he just like, oh, is he going to join Grindelwald for good? But then he doesn't. And there was no point to him being on Grindelwald's team as far as I'm aware. He just hits a couple of Grindelwald's goons yeah at the end gets gets the sneak attack on him I guess and then Queenie is just like I joined this side because I agreed with their ideologies and now I just don't anymore and now I feel like a captive well it didn't make any sense in the last the last movie it's I think she joined only because like she didn't like that like wizard and muggle marriage was illegal essentially. Um, and cause she wanted to marry Jacob, but like Grindelwald clearly hates muggles. I don't understand like why joining him, you'll think that that'll be legalized or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He clearly has disdain for muggles and, and mudbloods. 
God, now I'm just imagining Grindelwald being like, I'm I'm going to legalize marijuana and everything's like <laughs> <laughs> All these wizards are getting high. <laughs> yeah, Grindelwald, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I the funny thing is we still haven't talked about a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it is weird because I, I assume a lot of you are probably listening to this. You don't care about what happens in the movie. Um, it, yeah, I mean, we say not a lot happens, but there's weirdly a lot to talk about because it's it's I don't know. It, it is a unique movie in the fact that there's nothing that happens. There's a lot to talk about, and it's a lot of just crap. It's so it's. But, like, most of it is the writing. Like, most of what we are criticizing is just the script, the dialogue, how these characters are written. Like, it's all that. that yeah, the like rest the of it, like, issue. the visual effects are good. The yeah, performances. Yeah, really a lot of money behind it. Good. Music, good. Direction, good. Pacing, good. It is just <laughs> the writing. <laughs> and specifically just kind of the world-building aspect of it. Yeah, just exactly. a lot of swings and misses in that department. <laughs> I don't know. I we got to just move on for the sake yeah. of time. I we think. have spent a long. I didn't think we were going to take this long on this movie, but I'm glad we did. Good conversation <laughs> about this movie that I had no, I did not care about. <laughs> oh well, we can cross another one off the most dreaded list. Uh, what's next? The, Everything, top? everywhere, all at once. Oh, well, I mean, the the most oh. dreaded list. Uh, do oh, we have yeah. Top Gun Maverick or Jurassic World Dominion? Which one's I feel like next? Jurassic World sooner, but they're both within, like, weeks of each other. So it's going to be, like, this one and Morbius again. God, I mean, Although I, I am so unenthused about Top Gun Maverick. Like, I just, like, I hate my life watching the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> every time it comes on in the theater, you and I are just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Well, uh, all right. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Holden, let's talk about non-spoiler review. It was so cold in this room, Jimmy, before I started recording and... Before we started this review, I, I had to turn off my heater because my room is like 80 degrees right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm wearing a long sleeve. This heater's working way too well. All right. Things are heating up. We got our everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. Non-spoiler review coming at you. Um, uh, A24 movie. I do have the synopsis pulled up, and this is their correct synopsis. I'm double-checking. Okay, that's all right. good. <laughs> Uh, here we go. When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in balance. There we go. Yeah, seems seems right. Yeah. Um, so this movie, um, don't mean to brag, but Jimmy and I, I feel, were hyped about this movie before it was it was popular to be hyped about it. Um, we initially saw the trailer um, late last year in the theater. Neither of us had seen anything. Like, we had never heard of this movie before the trailer. And we were like, that looks really cool. Yeah. And then we it was... On our- most anticipated it was number nine i think for me what was it for you yeah it was 
it was 10 maybe it was 10 i don't remember if it was higher but yeah it was on both of our lists uh we're excited for it and then of course as time has gone on more and more buzz has come out around it um i think i mentioned last week it is currently the highest rated film on letterboxd uh just overall it previously it was parasite but now it's this um so yeah jimmy um what you what you think of this movie uh, I think this is the best movie I've seen this year. Um, yeah. Not my favorite movie I've seen this year, but I think this is the best movie I've seen this year. I'm just going to go out and say it, that this is a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I thought it was the f- phenomenal execution of a incredibly original concept and story. Yeah, so that would I mean, be my overview. It is by far like the most unique movie I've seen in a long time. It is, I mean, even like hearing about it, like kind of reactions, people hyping it up. I was still like blown away by a lot of what was happening in this movie. Um, I, I guess I'll give my rating. I'm also going to give it a 10 out of 10. Um, it is, it is just truly a remarkable feat in almost well, pretty much every way. Um, I also, it probably is my favorite. I, I think in terms of enjoyment, I'm kind of with you where it wasn't quite at the 10 out of 10 level for me. Um, but I also, I will I will prelude this by saying I went to a um, 10 o'clock p.m. showing of this oh, movie. Wow. And the movie is pretty long. Um, yeah. not, that it, not that it necessarily feels super long, but... I was getting very tired during the movie. It was it was like my only opportunity to, to see it because I was up until Sunday morning. I thought we were going to record on Sunday. Otherwise, I would have just waited and seen this on Sunday. Um, but before then, I. Uh, yeah, this was my best opportunity. So, um, yeah, it, it clocks in at 220. So it's it's a pretty mm-hmm. long movie. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead with what you. Well, yeah, I mean, like, literally everything about this movie is so unique. Um, It's created by, or directed by, they're collectively known as the Daniels, but it's Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who, they did Swiss Army Man, which makes a lot of sense now. I didn't know that beforehand. But uh, (laughs) another very original, interesting movie. I think this one is better, but I do think yeah. that is also worth taking a look at and listening to our review of that. Uh, thank you for whoever requested that uh, review. Um, yeah. Didn't know it was produced by the Russo brothers either. That's interesting. Uh, but performances, excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. Um, I mean, Michelle Yeoh, obviously very talented. We got uh, Short Round. What's that actor's name again? Oh, boy. Um, it's, it's K high con K I don't know. I am not pronouncing that correctly. I apologize. Okay. But it's the actor who played short round in uh temple Indiana Jones on the temple of doom, which he uh, had gone on a like acting hiatus for quite a while. Um, I think since the late eighties um, up until just very recently. And, but he was awesome. It really did feel like he stopped acting for a minute and uh, the daughter, uh, Stephanie Sue, I believe, um, she, I didn't realize until afterwards, but she was the original female lead for one of my favorite uh, stage musicals, Be More Chill. 
<laughs> I, I didn't uh, I didn't know her from anything else but as soon as I saw that I was like oh yeah I can hear that in her voice but I love that musical she's very good in it she's very good in this too yeah I mean she was she was great Jamie Lee Curtis is great mm-hmm. James Hong uh, aka Shifu from Mulan and this yeah. is the grandpa he's great everybody Another iconic uh, very memorable voice yeah um everybody is really good the effects are awesome um i didn't i i found this out after the movie uh but there was a five people on the vfx team for this movie five people and so they did a lot of things practically and with just kind of simpler techniques uh but they used it did it in a very clever way so like it, it looks great like it just mm-hmm. looks great it looks grounded in that universe the 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 creative ways they used editing to do vfx and just simple things like just getting the you know the the confetti burst in camera <laughs> on that location then just cutting a mask on it around it in after effects and just using that or cutting between things and mm-hmm. it's all very kind of simple basic techniques done in a way that was really creative and it looks awesome and you it it looks so much more high budget than this movie actually is yeah yeah, which I think is is one of the good things going for it. I mean, I think people will go into this like average audience member will want to watch this just because it looks like a big budget action movie. And I mean, it is an action movie. It's not like they're that's it's pretending to be an action movie or anything. There's plenty of fun stunts, as you said, awesome effects, very creative, just visual things in general happening all the time. Um very different from a24 like the rest of a24's catalog um really in any regard <laughs> like i do, i mean i mean it's really not like any movie you've ever seen in general but this is just so bizarre for a24 to put out i did did they put out swiss army man i can't remember oh i don't think so okay mm-hmm. and i mean Honestly, that is really like one of the only movies I feel like you could compare to this just in terms of tone with how weird, serious it, it, it like it has just the very extremes of being the most bizarre thing you've ever seen and one of the most serious things you've ever seen. And it manages to blend them so well um, in, in just such a natural way. And I felt like Swiss Army Man did that as well very well. Yeah, it's like these things should not be working, but they yeah. are. And mm-hmm. and that that's like the biggest parallel, like you said. It doesn't really conform to any genre. No. It's like all of the genre. <laughs> it really <laughs> at is. Once. It's everything everywhere all at once. I mean, it really yeah. is. Um, the way they explain the rules of this universe is really effective, creative, makes sense. Uh, the way they introduce it to, like just the order of the information they give it to you, it, it it's all seamless they did a wonderful job of something you know it's the multiverse which at, at least to this movie you know they at least had you know the marvel started doing that so you don't have to completely explain what the multiverse is without anybody knowing it but um they still do a wonderful job with all of that world building um yeah the action is great you have the martial arts kind yeah. of style hong kong style fighting and it's excellent 
everyone's i mean obviously michelle Yeoh's already talented in mm-hmm. that regard but everyone else manages to learn it i think like jamie lee curtis fighting was just like very funny like she was i mean she her, in general she was one of the funnier parts of the movie but uh just a lot of what she was doing in terms of combat was great there's just so much creativity pouring out of everything in this movie and it's one of those movies that like everything is such a big swing that if it misses like this movie could have fallen flat and just landed right on its face mm-hmm. and it, it i mean massive swings absolutely massive like if you took these things out of this movie and put them in a vacuum and showed it to people people would be like what is this garbage <laughs> this is stupid but in the context of this movie it it something so bizarre works so well and it helps you buy into these relationships Mm -hmm. and it's not i thought there was going to be like one relationship at the core of this movie and there's like multiple relationships yeah that are kind of being developed and and explored and i was not anticipating those extra layers on top of this there's just so many things going on all at once yeah (laughs) i feel like if i had to like I, i was kind of thinking about this if I had to describe this movie to anyone who hasn't seen it, and this still isn't doing it justice because it's so unique, but I would say it's the matrix meets Swiss army man meets uncut gems meets Marvel multiverse stuff. I feel like that's, I feel like that's pretty apt. The uncut gems, especially towards the beginning with just how chaotic and loud everything is like, there's just so much happening like in uncut (laughs) gems. Yeah. (laughs) I was I, I, that mostly I guess ties into that intro because I the entire time that intro was happening I was like Jesus Christ there's so much <laughs> happening and they haven't even introduced the whole diverse stuff yet it's yeah yeah I was ex- I was surprised at how much time was spent before like just mm-hmm. in the introduction setting everything up the exposition I was surprised at how much time they they spent on that yeah yeah it was awesome um i another thing that this isn't really a spoiler i was surprised that this movie essentially just take has like one setting for the majority of it like i mean there there is a lot of multiverse shenanigans going around but they're kind of like most of the adventure takes place in one place and i was just kind of surprised i figured they were gonna like leave at some point but no and i mean it works just surprising i guess i didn't even really realize it (laughs) yeah (laughs) So interesting. Yeah, no, you now that you say that, that does right. Um should we just let's should we just move on to our spoiler review and get into things, Holden? Yeah, I feel like we should. There's just so much to get into. I mean, do yourself a favor. I mean, ideally, honestly, you wouldn't even listen to this podcast and you just go in knowing literally nothing. But if if nothing else, go watch this movie without listening to non spoilers. We beg you. Please don't listen to this next part without uh, watching the movie. Yeah, you're going to cheat yourself out of one of the most unique uh, movie-going experiences you're ever going to have. Yeah. So, yeah, go check it out. Come See it back. on the big screen. Give us those extra clicks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Holden, let's dive into spoilers. Yeah, so uh, where to dive in first with this movie? Um, I guess uh, one of the things I really liked um, 
which wasn't even like necessarily one of the action sequences or anything. I loved how like the first multiverse they tap into is literally just like Michelle Yeoh's like real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they don't call it like she's still known as Evelyn, but like they use footage of her at like award shows and stuff. And like, it's literally just her, you know, she started out as a, you know, in Hong Kong kind of shine, uh, with martial arts films like movies later like crouching tiger hidden dragon and all of that kind of stuff and then she broke into the more of the mainstream and um i just thought that was really entertaining i loved the concept of having to do something completely out of the norm to shoot yourself and like or to, to be yeah. able to channel another <laughs> universe. I love how they introduce that when the guy, when the husband character is eating the chapstick. Yes. It's like, yeah. what the heck is going on? And yeah. it's like, and then you don't realize that until later. Oh, okay. He had to do something that was so bizarre what that it would it? go send you to the next thing. And that, that was a great recurring bit throughout. And I was just, it was so creative and it just made the film so entertaining to watch. Well, not only is it funny, but it just logically makes sense with like how we think of a multiverse. Like obviously, if you want to tap into some like strange version of yourself that has a completely different like skill set than you, then you're going to have to do something really weird <laughs> to like get to that point. Yeah, so it, it, like the slingshot effect of it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it like makes sense even outside of the movie's logic. It's just something that's kind of easy to understand, but a very great concept nonetheless. Yeah. She's basically the Kang of that universe too. The first one to discover multiverses. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't realize she that. Is. Um other things. Uh just like like I love the action. You got the fanny pack. Yeah, which is great. The fanny pack cam. <laughs> um just the the whole um obviously the mother mother daughter relationship at the core of this movie is is really strong and just um the whole exploration of nihilism i thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that they used the everything bagel it's kind of like i loved that i <laughs> that um i went with one of my friends from lincoln um shout out to Alex. He's probably not listening, but um he wasn't like the biggest fan of this movie actually. I think he's just not he wasn't super into all the weirdness, which I guess is fair, but he said that the everything bagel was the part where it lost him. Like he was actually like into it at that and up until then and he's like, oh, "Okay, this is kind of dumb." But I thought it was it was awesome. I just thought that was such a fun concept. You have an everything bagel, you literally put everything on it, and it just creates like a void in time and space. That's and I so don't cool. like everything bagels either. So that I thought that was Yeah, funny. neither do I. Uh Emily does. Or, so it worked as a villain for the movie because I don't like everything bagels. <laughs> my I think, biases. Uh, I think my favorite recurring bit though was the ratatouille but it was a raccoon oh yeah well and it, it like started out with like a funny joke in and of itself because like <laughs> i just thought it was like i mean they they had some good jokes about just like you know evelyn it doesn't he she doesn't know the english language that like the best and they treat yeah. it with respect don't get me wrong it's not like they're just rude about foreign people or anything but um 
like she so the joke is that the whole she thinks it's a raccoon raccoon nui or whatever yeah, she says or something like that raccoon nui it, it's just it it was really funny and it, it just seemed like a one-off joke that would have worked on its own and the fact that they actually implemented it in <laughs> which they kept awesome. going back to it too apparently uh the raccoon is voiced by randy newman which i think makes sense because at one point the raccoon sings something and it sounded like like it sounded like something from toy story i actually thought that to myself i'm like is this like a randy newman song i'm not aware of and then it turned out it was actually just randy newman so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah that was probably my favorite bit the hot dog fingers (laughs) that was weird disturbing and she's yeah, playing I, the piano with her feet, <laughs> which was really funny. I mean, I thought that it was interesting that, I mean, that there was that whole universe and then Evelyn was like in love with, with her and that was yeah. a whole thing. And then you had the whole, uh, like musical playing on the TV. And then in that universe, they had hot dog fingers and they're just like, squirting ketchup and mustard on each other. It was so gross. <laughs> But that was it was awesome yeah so i mean you have the mother-daughter relationship the ex- exploration of nihilism i mean the whole the part with them being rocks and it's just text oh. should not work but it is incredible you could hear a pin drop in the movie theater it's like mm-hmm. it is so effective I mean, like, not even, like, it works both from a nihilistic perspective, but also just from a comedic. Like, I, like, me and my friend were, like, laughing at that scene, and we're also, like, I was also just feeling the emotions, too, because it's, it's just so weird. Like, can't help but laugh at the whole concept of the scene, and then what they're actually talking about is more serious. What it's, I mean, I guess that, that scene itself is just a perfect microcosm of what we're talking about the uh like how well this movie balances everything yeah um yes uh and then you have just like the the whole notion of like okay she's got to destroy her daughter from or keep her daughter from destroying all the universes that was interesting so she's hunting them down Mm -hmm. that whole conflict um you have the divorce with the husband and that through all the things and i thought that hit too and that mm-hmm. was very emotional and yeah i was not expecting to be hit by multiple fronts well in um, the it worked the her relationship with her husband especially that was a more of a slow burn that was just kind of like slowly building throughout and i felt like I mean, you got little bits of them, like the the divorce papers and everything, but it didn't really come to a head till the end. And then that at that point, you realize just how much the slow growth has like worked on you and everything. Like they definitely make more of a point, I think, throughout the movie about the mother daughter thing. But um, yeah, that that relationship works just as well. Yeah. Um but I'm just trying to remember different, like there's so much going on. That's like, I'm trying to pick out specific yeah. things that I want to talk about, but it's just, everything just fits together as a whole. So well, um, the, I, uh, I really liked, um, the kind of like the climax of this movie 
Um, even though this movie doesn't really feel like it ever stops, there is there is a very obvious climax to it. Um, but it, um, I just like how like Evelyn is solving everyone's problems, and it, she's essentially using her. I can't remember the version of her daughter who's like the villain. The, the J- name uh, of that Jobu Tabaki. Okay, she's essentially using Jobu Tubaki's like powers that you saw her use earlier in the movie, which is just essentially uh-huh. she can do whatever she wants, but she's using it to help these people instead of you know just driving them further into this you know nihilistic hole that they've all been driven into. Um, and I just really liked that her walking up the stairs, slowly solving everyone's problems. Fantastic, very good. Yeah, yeah, and. And very, it, once again, it is very emotional, but very funny. You have all of these people who are getting all of their problems solved. And so then suddenly in the main reality we're, we're on, they're, they're just it, like, they, uh, <laughs> they just have something completely different about them. It adds a little humorous edge to this otherwise, you know, dramatic scene. Yeah. So many, so many good little things that, that add up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the grandpa who like has a robot arm like his wheelchair like he gets he turns it into like a robot arm like robot things. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I I'm, I'm I'm I saw this Thursday so I'm struggling to remember everything. Um Yeah, I mean weirdly i feel like i have less to say about this than i do about fantastic beasts which is a weird like once again very weird but i just think this movie is like speaks for itself in like every regard it's the music is we didn't even mention the music in non-spoilers music is awesome mm-hmm. um i'll have to listen to the soundtrack some of just the shots and transitions like the yeah. whole through the hands thing and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a lot of like that's just all the uh, cuts from where it's her face in the same position cutting through all these different universes that was really cool visually they did like a swirly light thing mm-hmm. a lot the cinematography was incredible the way they did practically did the the shattered universe effect in camera i mean just all this stuff just like chef's kiss like they just really knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um we didn't we didn't even mention in non-spoilers so we might as well talk about it now what was it that uh you like why wasn't this the most enjoyable movie of the year for you i like i thought it was the best movie of the year i just i thought at times it just got a i was ready for it to move to the next part sure sure um and it's not it's nothing against this movie i think i just like i think i just enjoyed x more Mm-hmm. probably though i think this is a better movie um and i think like i thought it was like the bizarreness of it i didn't necessarily like love all the bizarre things that were happening but i thought they were very effective yeah if that yeah, makes sense like it's that. like you said it's not necessarily my cup of tea all the time mm-hmm. but i thought it was like it's like someone it's like i don't like coffee but like wow that is very good like that is the best version of coffee i've ever had you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i'm i feel like this could be 
I mean, I think it is currently my favorite movie of the year, but I think that could be solidified even more on a rewatch. I really, I'm tempted yeah. to go rewatch it in theaters because I feel like this is just such a theatrical experience. Like, it won't have quite the same effect at home. There's just so much visual and sound stuff going on. I feel like I need to experience it one more time on the big screen before it's gone. So we'll yeah, see. I think it warrants a, a rewatch too, especially when you like know where it's going. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably even so much more to appreciate as you're watching it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, what was I? Oh, I did want to mention, I don't remember if it was when Evelyn was flashing through, it was like the rapid flash of all the different Evelyns, but there was one moment in the movie where I was like, why is there not an epilepsy warning on this? Like, I I can't remember, maybe it was right before the rock, uh, the rock scene, but it felt like there was just a bit where my eyes were actually hurting, and I was like, if someone with epilepsy actually watched this, I'm kind of worried for them. Hmm. I don't know man that that could just be me it could also just be because like I said I was a little tired so maybe my eyes were already hurting but yeah I didn't realize it here on the Wikipedia page that says that uh, Jackie Chan was the film was originally written for Jackie Chan to be in the leading role oh yeah I could see that I I feel like the plot I mean it would work just as well because you could have that meta aspect like that I praised earlier um, with Jackie Chan and his career but yeah no I mean I think it works great with what they with who they have there was also someone else I saw that was supposed to be in it I feel like that maybe was took Jamie Lee Curtis's role I don't remember I'd have to look it up later um Aquafina was she someone maybe i don't think it was i don't think it was aquafina who i was thinking of but uh oh maybe it was. aquafina was supposed to be the daughter oh okay interesting yeah i could see that i don't i mean i i don't know aquafina's dramatic like how she is as a dramatic actress that well but i need to see uh good. what's it the farewell is that the aquafina oh yeah she's in, yeah apparently that's good yeah, I, yeah that's been on my list forever and i just haven't seen it um, but yes, holding everything everywhere all at once. It's great. We loved it. I'm, I'm would be flabbergasted if it's not on our top ten movies of the year list. Yeah, so. and and this movie is something that I don't think will be nominated for Oscars, but it absolutely should. Or if you, it is, it'll. Oh man, I would think it would be up for best original screenplay. You don't... well, okay? May, it might be like screenplay and, um maybe a visual effects or something i like i just feel like it's it, it'll get snubbed a little bit you're right it probably won't be completely snubbed but i just think it'll should get a lot more than it probably will i don't know it's it's come out so early on that it's hard for a film to maintain that moment that much momentum yeah but who knows if it hits a streaming service or something at the right time and who cares honestly <laughs> so uh it's a good movie i'm glad it's getting the praise uh that i think it deserves yeah all right sounds good all right holden what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing 
Well, I apologize, Jimmy. I am currently, while finishing up the podcast, uh, ordering a pizza so then I can go pick it up uh, once we are actually done with this. Yeah, we're getting close to my bedtime, you're old, and I still got to edit this puppy, so we better abbreviate this and see if we can come in under the two-hour mark. Well, yeah, it's it's good. I don't have much in terms of what I watched this week. Uh, I am on season four of Breaking Bad, so uh, very excited um, to keep going with that. Just saw the box cutter episode, which is so good. Love that episode. Yeah. Um, is there are there five seasons? Yeah, five seasons. So season so. four finale is that face off. Yeah. Such a good episode title. A good name. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but. Yeah, uh, aside from that, I think the only movie I watched this week was, um, uh, I watched this Amazon movie called The Map of Pretty Little, of of Little Things or something. You watched Pretty Little Liars, Holden? No, it wasn't, what was it called? I'm like, (laughs) I'm I'm ordering this pizza so I can't pull up Letterboxd. (laughs) <laughs> like uh it's called like the map of pretty little things or anything anyway it's some teen um rom-com kind of thing oh the map of tiny perfect things that's what it is um but it's it, the twist is that it's all set in a time loop um but i thought it was entertaining it wasn't anything too fantastic i think its strongest point is that it has some really great long choreographed takes that just have like the characters that visually show how long they've been in this so like they'll just go throughout the town and you know help someone move out of the way of a car or something or you know they'll they'll just move something slightly and there's a lot of just long scenes like that um and like sometimes they'll just be talking to each other not even paying attention to what they're doing and it's just a very fun visual way of showing that i really enjoyed that um other than that it was fine um and then, oh, I guess I rewatched Nobody the other day, uh, just because my parents hadn't seen it. They wanted to watch it, so still very good. Liked it. How many times have you seen it now? Three times total. <laughs> you could just watch Better Call Saul, Holden, to get your Bob you know what? fix. Yeah, I could. Um, but then, in terms of games, I am almost done with Hollow Knight. I'm contemplating if I'm going to try to get a Platinum Trophy, because it is very notoriously difficult, but I'm having so much fun getting better at it so we'll see um i might just give up after i beat the game though um yeah i think that's pretty much it jimmy what about you what have you been doing all right i got two episodes left of better call saul i need to catch up on before watching season six which the episode has ended hopefully i don't get it spoiled um (laughs) otherwise don't think i watched two uh, weren't they premiering two episodes tonight I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know. We'll okay. see. Uh, then I have four episodes I need to watch. Uh, otherwise, played a little bit more Lego Star Wars. Played through Revenge of the Sith, which Revenge of the Sith was great because the basically the whole thing was just boss battles, <laughs> which are maybe the best part of the new game. Um, they're very fun, and uh, I do think it did improve. There are some things that they just like. It's like, oh, dang, I, I was hoping that would be a level. Like, Mace Windu against Palpatine is just not a level. It's just a cutscene. Okay. And, like, the opening of Revenge of the Sith where they're flying, you know, the space where they're flying to mm-hmm. General Grievous' ship, just a cutscene. That was, like, my favorite level of the original <laughs> game. So, um, otherwise, like, the space combat is surprisingly fun. 
Uh, yeah, kind of weird they didn't turn that up that into just one of the space combat levels. Yeah, it's weird because it's like they already have everything built. They just didn't do that. Like even if it was just a little thing, um, it's still funny. It's still got that good charm. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time, and I'm just still amazed at how massive that game is. <laughs> <laughs> you said the humor got pretty dark. What what happens? Uh, oh well, there's just a couple bits of of info that's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like uh, like you just going around tattooing and like you can just talk to random people, and like you go to talk to someone. I and I'm paraphrasing here, but like the 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 actual part is how they actually say it. They're like, oh, I wouldn't call them that. I like to call them forced volunteers. Oh, <laughs> like just talking about slavery uh there's another oh yeah another one you just walk around and you're like oh coruscant has too much crime and violence i'm gonna move to alderaan so i'm safe <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like dang this good. is some dark if you know you know like there's some <laughs> dark humor in this game it's it's a hard e10 and up um but yeah i think that's all i have for me i'm still playing some fifa you know relapsed nice. so yep uh, I don't think there's anything else Holden what do we have next week alright so I think as of this recording we don't know what's coming out here so kind of depends if both the Northman and the Nicolas Cage movie come out I don't know should we do both or which one would you rather um, do I definitely think we should see the Northman okay. and it is going to be playing okay so we'll for sure do the Northman. Uh, I am pretty excited about that. Um, and then maybe we'll get around to the Nick Cage one. We actually, next week might not have a movie. So maybe we'll just save that for then. Yeah, two weeks from now? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks from now. Yeah, which is Emily's birthday weekend. So. Oh, she can go with us to the Nick Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Emily... Uh, that yes her whole life that could be her biopic the unbearable weight of massive talent <laughs> i'm cons- i'm considering uh before that seeing that movie i might t- watch a few nick cage movies because i've heard there it it pretty heavily references a lot and i'm not super familiar with a lot of his stuff so might have to catch a few might watch a con air between now and then we'll see <laughs> yeah all right holden anything else no i don't think so uh so if you want to leave us a request you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on itunes or you can uh email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or uh by donating to our patreon but yeah i think that's it jimmy all right sweet i don't know if we made it in the two-hour mark but i think we have so nice good job on us <laughs> Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>